You've seen the movies. But you haven't read the comics? What? You think the comics are inaccessible? That's Steve Vinson. That's Paul Schultz. And we've got issues. This week we turn to 1973 Mm -hmm. and a very important Spider-Man story. (laughs) To say the least. It takes a very dark turn. It's uh, issues 121 and 122, which came out in June and July of that year. Of Amazing Spider-Man. And they were 20 cents at the time. I started when they were 25. This was just a little bit before me, but I I read the stories and reprints. Pretty good story for 20 cents. (laughs) So the... Stories, they actually pick up from some long-running threads. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Spoiler (laughs) alert. Peter Parker happens to have a girlfriend, and her name is Gwendolyn Stacy. That's right. Her dad is Captain George Stacy, who is the chief of police in whatever city Spider-Man lives. Metropolis. (laughs) I thought it was Gotham. No, he's, he's New York. That was one of the things that Marvel tried doing when they when they launched their, you know, Spider-Man and Fantastic Four and whatnot. Rather than put them in, like, Whizbang City, they would put them in real places. And since all the artists and writers all lived in New York, the population of superheroes in New York is, like, crazy. They would even go so far as to, like, go around with cameras and take pictures of existing buildings. And then have the artists put them in the background so that when you were a kid and you're reading this comic and you live in New York, you're like, oh, like you can you can track down well you could you could I don't know if you still can, but you could track down where Peter Parker lived. Oh wow! They had it that thought out. I was wondering how many people were like eating dinner one night. Somebody knocks at the door and it's like, is is Peter Parker home? Do you know he's Spider Man? <laughs> it's like we're just trying to eat our peas and carrots. Our son is not home yet from his job at the newspaper. But that, that brings up a good point. This is our first Marvel comic that we've covered. Yes, it is. Previously, we did Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Then we did Batman with Robin. <laughs> and now we're doing a Spider-Man. The amazing Spider-Man. That's right. So here's the backstory. Uh, Spider-Man is fighting Dr. Octopus. In previous issues, a couple of years before this, we see that Spider-Man and Gwendolyn, Gwendy. Good old Gwendy. She doesn't know he's Spider-Man. Her dad is Chief Police Captain George Stacy, mm-hmm. and we get some hints that George may know that Peter Parker is actually Spider-Man in some of the earlier issues. Yeah. Spider-Man's fighting Dr. Octopus, who has these weird arms. They're like robotic arms, Yeah. but he controls them using his mind because of some, obviously, there's an atomic accident. You know, because that's radioactivity <laughs> causes everything. They he he had designed them to be able to like manipulate like radioactive materials and stuff, and there was an accident, and they became fused to his spinal cord. Could have been worse. Could have been Doctor Manhattan, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll get to later. Oh yeah, that's right. So while Spider Man is fighting Doctor Octopus, mm. a horrible accident happens, and while trying to save a child, Captain George Stacy is killed. Mm-hmm. So this is his girlfriend's dad. Yeah. He's holding him in his arms while he's dying. And he says to Spider-Man, he says, I'm about to die, right? And before he dies, he says, look, um, Gwendolyn's not going to have anybody to protect her except for you, Peter. <laughs> and Spider-Man's like, what? What? 
Uh, who's Peter? Uh, <laughs> who is Peter this who? Peter person you're speaking of, Captain Stacy? <laughs> so that's when he realized, of course, Captain Stacy did know he was Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And he died. And, of course, somebody figured Spider-Man killed him. So now Spider-Man's been accused of killing him. And Peter Parker's girlfriend believes it. It's always Spider-Man's fault. So now Gwendy believes Spider-Man killed her father. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man slash Peter Parker can't tell her the truth uh, because he's not supposed to be Spider-Man. Right. So when Captain Stacy dies, Captain Stacy was going to run for district attorney. And then his chief rival comes along and says, ah, now that he's dead, I could be the district attorney. And Gwen Stacy actually goes to this guy and says that she'll endorse him as long as he captures (laughs) Spider-Man. Which is a pretty effective plot device because, first of all, the way they're drawing the women in these comics, (laughs) they're doing all right. Dude, between John Romita and Gil Kane, yeah. Somehow, with very few strokes of the pen, (laughs) they're able to capture those parts of the female form that are just the things that we all notice. Less is always more. For example, <laughs> like that part of the leg right there. <laughs> that little line, right? I'm a, big, I'm a fan of that line. <laughs> just that little line right there. It says everything you need to know about a woman's, the back of a woman's leg. Yep. And it reminded me of like when in Narcos, where Pablo Escobar's gets killed and like one of his wives goes to the rival gang and offers herself up for help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, oh, that is just so weird. <laughs> so then Spider-Man gets trapped by these guys and he kidnaps Gwen Stacy <laughs> just to prove that he's not Peter Parker. Yeah. So this was cool. Cause Iceman comes along one of the X-Men mm-hmm. and starts chasing Spider-Man. Cause he just kidnapped an innocent girl. Right. Until the Iceman almost catches Spider-Man, but he sees him taking down some goons. And then Iceman's like, oh, so you are a good guy. So that was the end of that little series. And then we skip over to issue 121, which is where our story tonight starts. Here's the thing about Spider-Man. Spider-Man was Marvel's whipping boy. They put him through so much shit on a constant issue by issue basis to show what a hero is supposed to be because no matter how much you're dumped on no matter how much bad stuff happens to you you have to keep standing up and they as you pointed out with what you just talked about and what we're about to get into he he proved that he is the the absolute epitome of the hero yeah it's an interesting thing because he has a goal Mm-hmm. and it's very clear to him what needs to be done, mm-hmm. and he doesn't let anything stop him. Right. I don't mean, like, physical obstacles. Like, of course, that's what people with superpowers do. They punch through physical obstacles. Right. But with him, he doesn't stop for anything, right? He was almost, in one of the back issues, he was about to fail out of school. Yeah. But he's like, well, can't let that bother me. I got a job to do. He actually didn't graduate on time. Ah. Uh, a couple of years later, what had happened was through through all the craziness that he'd been through and all the different science classes and everything mm. he uh, he took, he forgot to take gym. <laughs> so he, 
<laughs> so he did. He didn't graduate on time. He had to take summer school. Wow. So that that's one of the things that made Spider-Man so great was all this like grandiose schemes and all this stuff going on. And just when he thinks he <laughs> gets a break, like oh, uh, Mr. Parker, you forgot to take gym. So uh, yeah, you can't graduate. <laughs> So this uh, uh, issue starts out with Spider-Man going to check in on his friend, Harry Osborn, mm-hmm. who's laid up in bed because he took LSD. Yeah. Now, I don't know how much we want to get into the inaccuracies of the next couple of pages. <laughs> okay, well, I can preface this. Stan Lee had no idea, because he didn't do drugs. He had no idea what, what a person on drugs would go through. So they just wrote the best they could. Well, and the best he could do was the kid took LSD and now he's in bed with schizophrenia. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently LSD caused schizophrenia. Yeah, he comes by it honestly, though, because his dad's pretty schizophrenic, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, then Spider-Man's like, oh, man, I thought he was stronger than this. Mm-hmm. Too bad he's so weak. You know, if he weren't such a weakling, he wouldn't have taken drugs. Right? And I'm like... Boy, have we learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Since those days. Remember, because of the comics code, they had to make sure that drugs were bad. Police were good. I'd say the other thing they could be doing, just slightly clumsily, but it's important to the plot, is Spider-Man blaming himself <clears throat> while he was off fighting someone named the Hulk up in Canada. Then he comes home with a cold that he brought from Canada. Yes. Just one, one more little thing, one more little nail in the <laughs> in the soap opera of Peter Parker's coffin. So he goes in and his best friend's dad wants him out because mm-hmm. his best friend's dad blames him for his best friend taking drugs. And it turns out his best friend's dad is, wait for it, the Green Goblin. Dun, dun, dun. And he also happens to know a secret uh, Peter Parker's secret identity. Yeah, that was that was the one thing that Green Goblin had up on all the other villains in Spidey's rogues gallery is he knew. He knew. But he only knew... When he was Green Goblin. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it's one of these classic Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde moments. Mm-hmm. So Harry's dad turns into the Green Goblin, goes after Spider-Man, but can't quite get to Spider-Man. So what does he do? He kidnaps... Gwen Stacy. Hold on to your butts, folks. And then there's some great artwork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you could just sit and look at the artwork. I'm here to tell you, Gil Kane was a master. His entire career can be summed up as that line on Gwen Stacy's leg. <laughs> so, they end up on the George Washington Bridge, and you can kind of see what I believe is the UN building, with Gwen Stacy laying at the goblin's feet. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man is about to save her when the Green Goblin kicks her off the top of the bridge and she goes falling. Mm -hmm. But before she hits the water, Spider-Man catches her with his web. And it appears as though he has saved her, but she's unresponsive. It turns out she's dead. So the Green Goblin has killed Gwen Stacy. This is why I need a drink for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And she's still beautiful, even dead. So then there's some dramatic uh, artwork again. And there's a whole splash page of Spider-Man doing the whole, Why? No, you creep. 
Dude, the brutality of her death. The whole fact that she didn't see the Green Goblin coming. She's on the phone, I think, with Peter. Yeah. Who knows between between the panel when he's like flying in the background, head getting ready to smash through a window, and the panel at the George Washington Bridge. It's left to our imagination. God only knows what he did to her. Yeah. For no reason to her mind. Yeah, she has no idea. That's the tragedy of it. When we see her laying up on the bridge, I think she was already dead. Well, to yank somebody out of their apartment and fly them all around New York on your little goblin glider and doing all this crazy stuff, I'm pretty sure she was dead before they got to the bridge. Yeah, but what did she go through during those intervening moments? We don't know. We'll never know. So then Spider-Man gets mad. (laughs) That's one way to put it. And now, like, somebody sees him carrying her around, and they're like, look, Spider-Man killed Gwen Stacy. Right. Killed the dad, now he killed the daughter. And that's the funny thing. Like, the cops are like, you have to come with us because we have to take you in for questioning. And he's like, nope, not going to (laughs) happen. I've got an appointment with the Green Goblin. Right. Normally, Peter is a pretty level-headed guy, but his girlfriend just died and he blames himself and he blames green goblin he's done he's not having it anymore all this jumping around wisecracking spider-man career stuff he's done he's on a he's a man on a vengeance quest yeah he it's a total character change for him and then he kills him in in a very graphic way (laughs) now to be fair that's not exactly what happened what do you mean that's not exactly what he, he killed him He's beating the hell out of Green Goblin. And he realizes at the last minute what he's doing and it's not right. But by that point, Green Goblin has activated his damaged Goblin Glider. Yeah. And plans to basically sucker punch Spidey. But, you know, Spider-Sense being Spider-Sense, he gets out of the way and the Green Goblin... So Green Goblin essentially accidentally kills himself. Oh, okay. Now I see that. Yeah, I didn't. So in, in two issues, we've had the death of two major characters in the Spider-Man mythos. And, and, and indeed, in the entire Marvel mythos. Oh, that's what he meant when he said, when a man dies, even a man like Goblin, it should mean something. It shouldn't be an accident, a stupid, senseless accident. It's got to have a point. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't just mean we live in vain funny i thought seeing the goblin die would make me feel better about gwen instead it just makes me feel empty washed out and maybe just a little bit more alone and then he goes off on mary jane of course in an issue about drugs the girl has to be named mary jane okay again stanley had no idea (laughs) but he kind of pushes her away in the end. This is my favorite point. Okay, the death of Gwen Stacy is a big deal. But those last four or five panels, particularly the last three panels, when Parker is just ripping into Mary Jane, because he's distraught. His girlfriend's dead. His best friend, who knows what the hell's wrong with him. He basically, you know, due to within the limits of comic book code, calls her everything under the sun, tells her to leave, And she stays because she knows 
he needs help. Oh, uh, yeah. That, to me, that click, that last click on that last panel without a next issue, this happens. That last click, dude, that, to this day, that sends chills up my spine. Yeah, I didn't catch that. And that was the turning point. Full disclosure, the reason why Gwen Stacy had to die, it was plotted that between John Romita and Jerry Conway and Roy Thomas, they wanted to move Mary Jane into the forefront as a romantic interest, Mm. but they didn't want to do the Betty Veronica bullshit. So in in true Spider-Man tragedy, that's why Gwen Stacy dies. So they end up together? Have you not seen any of the movies? (laughs) I don't necessarily remember everything. Well, the the reason why I bring up the movies is, you know how we usually try to uh, the, the the idea behind this series is accessibility. Yeah. And the re and the reason why I picked the this as an accessible story is because everyone has seen the movies. Everyone, you know, because they make billions of dollars. The death of Gwen Stacy plotline has been used twice in the movies so far. Oh, really? You've seen it in one form or another. If you've seen the original Tobey Maguire movies, they didn't use Gwen Stacy. They used Mary Jane, and she lived. And then in the Amazing Spider-Man series, which I absolutely hate, but they used the Gwen Stacy death. So because it's been in the movies, I figure, well, this is a nice jumping-on point for people who might want to investigate what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. They, you know, the hero who, in spite of being dumped on constantly and carrying around the guilt of the reason why he's Spider-Man, the superhero, is because he was a, he was a careless, reckless teenager, and his carelessness resulted in the death of his uncle. That's why. That's why I picked those issues. And I don't think we're going to do much better than that. You've been listening to We've Got Issues. We've Got Issues is written and produced by Paul Schultz and Steve Vinson. Copyright Big Broccoli Studios. Music by Eric Fulmer. For more by Big Broccoli Studios, go to www.bigbroccolistudios.com. Big Broccoli Studios.